Hello, and thank you for downloading this program from Starry Decisis Radio, where I discuss all the judgments of the United Kingdom Supreme Court. My name is Mark Tottenham. In this podcast, I shall be discussing the right to anonymity in a case concerning a convicted murderer with mental health difficulties. The name of the case is R. Brackets C. versus the Secretary of State for Justice, and this is the second of the three cases in which judgments were delivered by the Supreme Court on the 27th of January 2016. As I discussed in another recent podcast, one of the fundamental principles of justice is that it should be administered in public. There are several reasons for this. The most important is, probably, that justice is seen to be done. In other words, the courts are accountable to the public for their decisions and can be held up to criticism if if they treat certain people differently from others. It is also a consideration that a person giving testimony on oath in a witness box is identified so that members of the public can judge whether they are likely to be telling the truth. Nonetheless, there are exceptions. Certain cases are heard in camera. Others are heard in public, but the press are not entitled to reveal the identities of some of the parties. In particular, people who suffer from mental health difficulties normally have their identities concealed, and that is the issue in this case. The applicant in this case has killed his ex-girlfriend and her new partner, in a savage attack in the early 1990s. He had a history of mental health problems already and raised the defence of diminished responsibility. The jury did not accept this and convicted him of murder. Following a successful appeal, he was tried again and again convicted of murder. He was granted a life sentence with a minimum tariff of 15 years, which was reduced to 11 years on review. In 2000, he was transferred to a high-security psychiatric hospital subject to a restriction direction. This meant that if he was no longer considered to require psychiatric treatment, he would be returned to prison. It also meant that certain decisions of his clinicians were subject to the consent of the Secretary of State for Justice. The applicant's tariff expired in 2007, and he was transferred to a private hospital. From 2008, he was allowed unescorted leave within the hospital grounds. From 2009, he was allowed escorted leave in the community and did some voluntary work. In 2012, however, he was judged by his clinicians to be ready for unescorted leave in the community. But this was one of the decisions that required the consent of the Justice Secretary, and he refused it. The applicant sought judicial review of that refusal, but he also applied for his anonymity to be protected. This was refused in the High Court and in the Court of Appeal, but his identity was not revealed pending the outcome of the Supreme Court hearing. Lady Hale, who delivered the judgments, noted that the civil procedure rules provided that the identity of mental health patients could be protected unless it would infringe the public interest in the public administration of law. She also noted that the starting point in cases concerning the care of mental health patients was the interest of the patient. The courts are given a particular role in the care and management of people who are unable to manage their own affairs. But these decisions could be distinguished from the normal business of courts. They are not disputes between parties or prosecutions. They are concerned with the best interests of those persons and not really a matter of public interest at all. The only way in which this case was of public interest was that the applicant had previously been convicted of murder and the public did have a legitimate interest in the punishment of serious criminals. As Lady Hale said, open quotation, the public has a right to know not only what is going on in our courts, but also who the principal actors are. This is particularly so where notorious criminals are involved. 
they need to be reassured that sensible decisions are being made about them. On the other hand, the purpose of detention in hospital for treatment is to make the patient better, so that he is no longer a risk either to himself or to others. That whole therapeutic enterprise may be put in jeopardy if confidential information is disclosed in a way which enables the public to identify the patient. The public's right to know has to be balanced against the potential harm, not only to this patient, but to all the others whose treatment could be affected by the risk of exposure. She went on to say, The public too have an interest in knowing how difficult and sensitive cases of this sort are decided, both by the Secretary of State and by the court. But that public oversight is protected by holding the hearing in public, so that the kinds of evidence and arguments considered are known, even if the identity of the patient concerned is not. In other words, the applicant in this case was in treatment for his illness, with a view to making him better. If his identity were revealed, it might interfere with his treatment. In my view, this was the correct decision, particularly considering the sort of publicity that can be given to a case of this sort. If the tabloid press could be trusted to report the matter in a balanced and sensitive way, it might not interfere with the applicant's treatment. But the likely headline on the front page would be Insane murderer allowed out in public. We've all seen headlines of this sort, and it is hard to see how they are in the public interest. Thank you very much for listening to this programme. The next Starry Decisis radio show concerns an alleged supporter of Al-Qaeda and whether a freezing order on his assets was lawful. If you have any comments, please see the Starry Decisis radio Facebook page or Twitter account. And if you've enjoyed this programme, please tell your friends and colleagues about Starry Decisis radio.